Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Josh Kitchen, owner of Mountain View IT. How are you doing, Josh? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's time for our icebreaker segment. We call this Random Access Memories. I ask a question, and then you respond with the answer that comes to your head first. Um, your first question is, how many monitors is too many monitors? Five. Five. <laughs> That's the, now, let me ask you a question. Why did you say five? Because that I saw that come out of your head like in immediate. You're like, five. Got it. That's the one. I, at one of my employers, uh, a guy had five 20-inch TV monitors. And uh, just how he had them arranged, it made it feel like, no, you. this is too many. You, you need... <laughs> You just get bigger monitors and go down to two. I like that. Uh, maybe just get two like uh, eighty inch uh, TVs and just connect them up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's another one. Uh, um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite browser? Or does it not matter? Ooh, tough. Uh, I think I I prefer Firefox mostly because. Uh, I find it less of a resource hog. Interesting, interesting. I'm uh, personally these days. I'm uh, I used to use Chrome a lot, and before that, it was Firefox. Um, and uh, um, it, or you know, the only time I used Internet Explorer was to download Chrome or Firefox. Well, Firefox. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but then lately, I switched over to Edge, um, and it's been pretty nice too. So I don't know. I I, I have a hard time. I, you know, I yeah. right now it's right now it's Edge. It seems to be the uh, yeah. uh, uh, seems to be the thing. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'll change my mind. They'll come up with something new. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. This different uh, functionalities cause me to uh, switch between them. So. All the time. And you know what? I think it seems like they're always constantly competing with each other on how they're doing these things, right? You know, they come out with yes. these, well, we'll group the tabs and we'll, you know, it, we'll put this edge now has like a calculator built into the, they have like all the regular tools, you know, built yeah. into the sidebar, uh, plus the, the Bing AI that's built in now to it. So, you know, but I'm like, you know, I, I can still just access the calculator on the computer. So I, I don't know why I have to do it all in the browser, but. Um, <laughs> here's your, here's your last question here. <clears throat> Microsoft used to have a helpful paperclip named Clippy. Do you think they should bring them back or just leave them in whatever shelf they put them in? <laughs> I'm all for bringing Clippy back. Uh, that was one of the fun tools that I, uh, well, used to get in trouble messing with, but, uh, <laughs> De definitely he can come back I, I i hear you i actually i'm a fan of i'm a fan of, a fan of clippy too um i miss him i wish they would bring him back it used to if you go back i i think they had a uh, i think it was before that they had a dog right yes yeah yes yep it was it was the clippy it was a dog and if you want to go further back uh it was um uh, they came out with an operating system called microsoft bob uh, I don't know if you remember that, just to, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it was like, uh, it, if, if you know Bob, then you, you, and you yes. used it, you thought it was hilarious, but yes, it, it was. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm, you know what I'm interested in? Uh, you're an, you're an owner of Mountain View IT. Tell us really quickly, what is Mountain View IT? Mountain View IT is a full service IT company. Uh, we manage wireless networks. We'll install, uh, cable. Uh, we here in Anaconda, Montana, of all places, I'll connect boilers to Wi Fi. Um, but, uh, yeah, so people can remotely control the temperatures of their house in the wintertime. Wow. I, I, I guess, uh, well, that's actually pretty nice. You get it to where you want it. So when you get home, you're, it's all good. You know, you don't have yep. to like be, be, uh, be freezing cold when you walk in and, <laughs> and shivering. 
Yep. Yes. Uh huh. We we rarely run in, run into that problem here in Florida. Usually, it's the other way around. <laughs> Usually, we're yeah. we're very hot. Actually, it's so funny too because I actually wear a um I I actually wear a coat inside most of the time because it's always freezing inside, especially when you go into work and it's the you know big building and stuff. You walk in. And they just crank the air all the way what? down, or well, the, all the way up, which you know takes the temperature all the way down. <clears throat> and and so you're in Florida all the time. I have to have a coat because it's uh, every, but I have a coat on the inside, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not, not when I go outside. <laughs> It'd be yeah. ninety degrees out, uh, humidity at you know eighty seven percent, and uh, you know <laughs> we we've got our stuff on there. So mm-hmm. well, that's pretty cool though. Um, uh, do you, I mean, do you find a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people love that. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of Airbnbs in, in the area. Um, and, and so they, they like it for that as well. Guests registers says they're going to show up at six, eight, you know, 6 PM house can be at temperature when they arrive. Um, so I, I, it's, I never, I've never been to Montana. I have a good friend that um, you know, comes from Montana, and and they swear by it. They they think it. Uh, um, they're like, I love Montana, uh, so I have to visit sometime. Um, if I were to visit Montana, where where would be the best place to visit? What Western Montana? Uh, I there's Glacier National Park. Um, part about three hours away is Yellowstone. Um, so I I would say right here in Anaconda, Montana, because it's uh, three hours to Glacier, three hours to Yellowstone. You can take about a three hour trip to Idaho. Um, it's kind of central. Sold. Yeah, I'm sold because I, you know, Yellowstone is one of the places that I uh, I want to visit uh, before the you know super volcano explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the. Uh... No, but I mean, I, Yellowstone is just, it looks so beautiful uh, to me. It's always a place where I've always wanted to go and travel uh, to and stuff like that. I'm sure you've been out there several times, um, but uh, it, it's just, Montana just looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. When you think of the the Western movies and stuff, um, you can you can think of Montana, uh, at least in the, uh, the West. Right away where- to the sunset. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. I love it. So what did, um, you know, what, uh, you know, it, it kind of energized you to start your own business? Really? I, I love the idea of helping people. Um, and here there is a lot of older, uh, people that you older ranchers and stuff that, that aren't very tech savvy. And, uh, really just wanted to provide them with the opportunity to not be as frustrated to, to help them out. Cause I was seeing a lot of them be like, Oh, this stupid technology. I, I can't do anything. And, uh, and so just being there to help them out and, uh, kind of drove me to, to start it. Um, wanted to, to have a little bit, uh, more say in my my hours um who maybe who i was uh assisting and stuff like that but uh yeah that's that's really what what drove me to start it is the idea of wanting to to provide some help support service to to people here in the area i absolutely love that and and you know you i was looking at some of your um uh, some of your LinkedIn experience and stuff. And I saw uh, the ranch at Rock Creek. Was that an actual ranch? It is. It is a one in the world opportunity to work there. I'm grateful for it. It's a Forbes five-star guest ranch. The only one in the world. Um, oh. And uh Yeah. What uh, makes a ranch five stars? I, I need to know. <laughs> so Forbes has their ranking of two, three, four on hotels. And that same ranking is your Forbes five star, whatever. Well, 
you have to pass over 900 different criteria to be a Forbes five star facility. Um, wow. And so, yeah, that, in fact, that's why they're the only ranch in the world. That's an actual Forbes five star there. There's five star guest ranches, but they're not to the Forbes standards, uh, which are very rigorous. Wow. And then that's amazing. And, um, so, so this ranch has <laughs> taken the time to ensure that they have all of those, uh, um, 900, you said, right? 900 different checks. Yeah. And you have like 900 different checks that they have to do. And out of those 900, 600 ish of them are actually housekeeping, um, cleanliness. Wow. You know, it, 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 you know, it, there's so much here that's, that's converging because it's really interesting. So, um, when we look at uh, IT and we talk about risk and compliance and different stuff like that, uh, and then we and we look at something like you know, um, yeah, so think of that for a minute, and then let's talk about this ranch with 900 different checks, and they could be housekeeping checks, they could be checks on, like you said, on cleanliness, or they could be checks on how they. Do, check visitors in and how they how they do these types of things you've got all these different um uh these these different requirements that they need to uh meet essentially no different than uh you know of a concept than uh uh risk and uh um and and uh compliance or compliance actually right no no different of a uh, of a it's the same thing compliance you know is here's a bunch yeah. of checks do you meet them and and it's it's amazing to me, um, you know that's essentially what it is, regardless. And how well can you check the boxes uh, and, and make sure? The only difference is, right? If they don't meet their checks, uh, they don't get on the Forbes list, right? Right. And what happens if IT doesn't meet their checks? And that that is the the part that's interesting is. IT isn't really one of their checkpoints. Um, but that's what is interesting because everything else is dependent on, like you said, their, their check-in software, um, how quick they can check someone in, uh, how fast they can report issues, uh, and issues getting resolved, uh, phone communication, you know, because most of the time these are uh well well off individuals that are visiting it and um so you have to be very uh, on your toes uh from an IT perspective you have to be able to be able to deal with individuals needing to connect to the the guest wifi and, and needing to walk them through that uh how to use their uh, desk phone um from their that's in their room um uh and being able to quickly respond to them as well it that happens a lot in it right um you know we may not be the front line of what needs to get done but we're a back uh we're, you know we're uh, we're like the spine yeah, <laughs> really and and we and i i see this happen all of the time and in this in this regard specifically, what we're talking about is a um, is a, a ranch that's trying to get a five star rating on Forbes, and here uh, um, you're saying that none of the checks that they have are related to IT, except they are so all mostly a lot of them are dependent on IT. Correct. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's such an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? it's and to to throw it into the mix, it's remote as well, meaning it's it's out in remote area. So well, let's talk about that. So when you uh, say when the internet goes down, there's no communication out there. Uh, when someone doesn't have a uh, access to a phone, there there's no communicating. It, um, it's actually amazing. Um, I had worked at, um, for a company that sent me out to Arkansas 
and it wasn't like a um it's not, it wasn't like little rock it wasn't like a big city it was like a small city in in, in arkansas and i it, essentially what happened is i go out there and there's uh um and i you know so i'm like we need to we need this where can i go get it and they're like well you have to drive to the next city i'm like okay well maybe we'll just order it when uh when they get they ship here well only come in on thursdays what we mean they only ship things yeah that's when the nearest ship facility grabs everything and pulls it into the uh thing and and i'm just like oh my gosh and you know i learned about i learned about the um you know there was a in another remote location there was uh, internet access but um you could only use part of it because the rest was allocated to a school and uh, and so when the school was like hey listen we're gonna um you know reduced our size we're not gonna use it um then it was like a bidding war for the internet uh access to be able to who's going to who's going to take over it and it was like a bidding war for the internet access i it's it's remarkable to me how how remote what have you <coughs> pardon me what have you done how have you um worked around these issues um well uh one of them is this particular facility had a direct fiber connection to it um, so they were willing and able to to put up the funds to to have their own dedicated fiber, um, which helped with guaranteeing uptime. Uh, they we also had to make sure and and keep track of their two way radios, and uh, and we had to know where we could get service if it went down and um where the the cell spots were <laughs> so, um, you, you, so you, you are you keeping track of the two-way how do you keep track of two-way radios spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing it basically it's asset inventory um for uh something you can't even monitor uh you're just like well let's you know Let's grab the. It, it, I'm assuming there's a serial number of some sort on a uh, on there. Yeah, and we we had essentially um, checked them out to a department X amount to the department because uh, you you had the like housekeeping, the ranch, uh, the the actual barn, um, and uh, the dining crew. So we would check them out to the different departments. Wow. And, and just ask, Hey, do you have all your radios still? <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Great. If they broke, they would bring them to IT. We would make replace them or make, see if we could fix them. But, uh, we were in charge of also keeping track of the uh, cell tower or not cell tower, but the, uh, the two way antenna. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've never tried to repair a, a CB radio uh, or, or, you know, a two-way radio. I, I don't know even where I would. I mean, I would obviously check the batteries. That would be the only thing that I would know. <laughs> pull, pull the battery out and put it back in, but I don't know what else you would do. That that was pretty much it. We had spare antennas and, like, clips to clip them to your belt or whatever. And, and so we had spare parts. We could swap them out, but for the most part, uh we usually sent them in and if they were really damaged and either replaced or Which provided new i can probably think that that would happen more often than not right because um probably the dust probably the uh um you know the fact that they're probably dealing with things that uh could drop it in mud you can you know i it just i can in my yeah. head I'm going over all the things in a ranch that you uh could possibly you know oops i yeah. dropped i would hate to have my cell phone over there that i you know you would just it wouldn't last very long it was pretty bad uh <laughs> yeah make sure you had a rugged case and uh for your cell phone and usually they would have the uh the pouches that you can put your cell phones in oh that's good uh, so i mean that's that's usually what they did but I, i've got a vision in my head uh, of of you just 
like, you know, someone's like, ah, my, my computer's not working. Right. And you just hop up on, uh, you know, uh, a horse and just, you know, ride, uh, ride over it coming to help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, well, we, we joked about that. Uh, we, we didn't, I did ride horses wires there, but not on work time. Um, I, uh, they, they did provide me with a, a Jeep that I could get around the ranch, um, with pretty quickly. I, I also had a, a four wheeler if it was really muddy and stuff. So, uh, yeah, one of the, nice. Very nice. It gives a whole new meaning to uh, stable IT, right? Yes, it does. Because <laughs> you have these these well-to-do individuals coming, uh, day traders, whatnot. You know, they need the the connectivity um, and reliability, and so we had to provide that um, and ensure that it they had it. Um, what uh, um, what what kind of made you? uh um want to uh go work on a ranch i i actually have always liked the the western idea um i i grew up riding horses um a little bit my cousin had some and friends and uh so i i loved the the horses and ranch idea and uh, was looking for for a job at the time trying to get my foot more into it i had been doing stuff but more into the uh hands-on part of it uh we we did security and i did security and compliance before that and was really wanting to try and get back into hands-on it work um well, well let me ask you this quick question then uh, what was it about security and compliance that made you want to get back into hands-on work? Reading a lot of dull legal documents. It, it's interesting that, you know, uh, you, if you see security on, you know, TV and stuff, that's always they're like, yeah, we're, I'm going to hack into this and I'm going to do some of this. But really, security is uh, um, sitting in front of a screen reading uh, um, a compliance document and going, okay, now I got to create a spreadsheet to go over all the things on here and check them off and make sure everyone is doing them. Uh, what, right. Is that an accurate representation of, of security? But, yeah. I, for example, yeah, I would have to, to read uh, Microsoft's documents and, and say, okay, they say that email is secured up to this point. And so I would, Put that in the spreadsheet and then go and check. And, oh, yep, it is. Okay, next, and and going on that. And so, yeah, it, to me, it, it got a little more uh, repetitive and uh, monotonous. So I I like the the change that IT general IT has, um, where people will you deal with every different things each day. Uh, and I kind of missed that. There, there's a, there's a person, uh, like a, there's a personal connection, right? That happens when you're fixing a computer, when you're, uh, um, uh, you know, deploying a solution for somebody and, and it, it changes the way they work in the best way possible. And then and you make their life easier. Um, there's that personal connection that you don't, you just sometimes just don't get, uh, you know, when you're sitting in front of a, uh, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, uh, checking boxes, right? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know, uh, um, there's sometimes that I love to sit in front of a Excel spreadsheet and check boxes and, yeah. not, <laughs> and not have to it, it, do that. But, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of bounce back and forth wanting to do all sorts of it. And I, uh, I'm lucky that I'm able to do a bunch of different things. Um, but, um, I'm interested in, in, uh, in this hands-on is did the hands-on approach to you uh drive you a little bit um in creating your own business it did like i said i i like to to serve and help people and i saw people struggling uh, and so i i wanted to go and and help them physically your computer isn't working okay let's go get that taken care of um you're you're having 
trouble keeping um, internet connectivity to your your house, let's go see what what's going on and and let me try and help you. Um, so yeah, that that hands on aspect really did help drive me. Oh, that's uh, that's fantastic. I, I'm glad, and I'm glad that you're able to kind of um, recognize that you were able to recognize what you love about IT and and really focus that over there. You know, um, I, I I saw something when I was looking at your profile, and it was just over and over and over again. It was certification after certification after certification after certification even your profile picture has a your like graduating cap on yes right is education continuing education uh something you're really big on it is um i i feel that it is is one of those uh fields that that you have to to really stay up on um it, it's so quick to change that um, you might, I, I did get my master's degree in, uh, IT management, uh, on but, <laughs> but, uh, my, my bachelor's, uh, was in information security. But by the time I got done with both of those, what I had even started to learn at the beginning of those were, were kind of obsolete. <laughs> um, and so. Yeah, uh, continuing education is is definitely something. That's a that's a issue, right? If if we're teaching folks um, based on technology uh, and not based on methods, uh, right. and right, what's your thought on that? I, I I feel like there's too much emphasis based on how it uh, on the technology focus of this. Yes, yeah, so I. I have mixed feelings on that. I I feel that a lot more of it should be hands-on rather than book work. And the focus should be on methodology, methodology versus um this technology or that technology in the sense of oh everyone needs to use Outlook uh for example as their email client uh, i disagree with that <laughs> um there's there's other tools that are uh free and and do just as well in my opinion and and so you need to figure out what works for you in in your area again going back to that methodology okay you're trying to have an app to read email on your desktop you don't want to use the web-based or whatever um so okay then we know okay you need an app to, an application uh firefox is or uh mozilla's thunderbird uh is a great substitute for outlook and it's free and you know and promote and and introducing that to to people again part of my uh idea of helping people is education um educating people on different uh techniques tools that they can use to accomplish the same task uh because i think a lot of times like you said people are stuck too much on the technology as to what they're trying to accomplish i love i love that answer i think um you know i've talked a little bit before on here about the need to focus on uh, the information portion of IT, <laughs> yeah. right? And then apply the technology on top of that information. Once you understand where the information is going, how it's going to be, who's going to be handling it, you know, what the process is around it. Um, the the I in IT uh, is overshadowed sometimes, in in my opinion, by the technology because it's shiny. The technology shiny, yeah. right? Yeah, we have this new, huh? Yeah, this this new new technology. <laughs> this new oh, oh absolutely, no, absolutely, right. So, um, so let's let's talk a little bit about um the shiny, right? The te the technology piece, uh, and um and how it can be misapplied. Uh, you know, as a you know as an owner of a IT uh, IT company, right? You must run into all sorts of uh, um, issues and problems and stuff. Um, have you ever 
run into issues where you've gone in and you see that the technology has been misapplied and have to correct it? Yes. Uh, a, lo- a lot of times people will say, oh, it's not working. Let me get a new one. Uh, well, okay. And they get a new one and then they're like, but it's still not working. Well, yeah, that's because again, you're just throwing hardware technology at something that is not technology issue. And the issue is, <laughs> is the information. Um, a website's really not working. Uh, email client, uh, just needed to be updated. Um, but because it was, outdated and not working they just saw a deal on costco or sam's club and oh let me just get this new one and i'll start fresh josh you know the what you said is is so it's so critical it's so this same thought process right and you're applying it at a very uh you know a a very basic tech level right oh my you know i went out and got a new thing but it still doesn't work um but let's expand that to a business level because that happens at businesses all the time. And the difference is it's not just, I wasted the money on a computer, right? It's, I, you know, that was what a $1,500 or something. Yeah. Right. Um, now they're like, Oh, I wasted $25,000 uh, trying to replace a software that doesn't work because it was shiny. And I didn't address the core problem. So it's amazing to me that you were you were just able to kind of boil it down to the most simplest of items. You know that was a very easy, uh, um, you know, a very easy uh, example that most people would would uh, realize. But uh, it goes all the way up. That scales. That problem scales. And I've seen companies uh, waste millions of dollars before before they realized uh, that it wasn't going to work and it wasn't going to fix the problem. It's, that's a, it's a huge issue. It is. And in different companies I've worked for, I've, I've seen that as well. And uh, a lot of it is they, they forget the, the idea of the, the labor, I guess is the best way to put it Um, that, you know, let's, let's actually, be patient and and try and have someone come and, and investigate and see what what's really going on. What's the root cause of of our problems, um, and and then address it from that point. Uh, where, like you said, now businesses I'm I'm seeing are, uh, oh, we need this software because this one isn't working. Well, why is that one not working? Maybe you have too many users. For the small program, it it's made to handle, or um, it's not scalable. It, I don't know a variety of reasons, but but that's that is something common. I I see is people not truly engaging with IT to find out the issue. Uh, some of these bigger companies just will throw money at it um, and truly not fix the issue. And, and so how how do we get around? How do we fix that problem? Uh, what's the best way to, um, you know, prevent being in that situation from an IT perspective? I think it's remembering and where we came from and that we, we do still need a little patience. Uh, a lot of times we're too um, quick to want stuff um immediate gratification is, yeah immediate gratification yeah we we just want we want things now and we want it to work now because we're used to it now and and really i think the key is is to have the education to step back and and be patient and and let's think things through um and and methodically look at it um, okay, it worked here. It didn't work here. Is this more of a user error? Is it a hardware issue? Is it network issue? Um, let, let's actually dive into it and, and have that patience to al- allow that to be done, uh, to 
too few times the reason why they throw hardware at it is because they don't have the patience to allow someone to look at it. Do you think um, that lack of patience comes from, uh, you know, the our recent technical technological advancements that have just made things quicker, quicker, and quicker? Absolutely, I think a hundred percent. I know for me, uh, <laughs> talking with my my kids and stuff, uh, they ask me some numbers and i'll be like oh just a minute and pull out my phone and, and quickly pull out the calculator and and do it well when i was in school growing up and stuff they used to say oh you'll never have a calculator in your pocket with you all the time so you need to know math and your your times tables and whatnot but now yeah i can just pull it out at the hey in fact it's to the point where i can just use my work my voice i don't even have to actually touch my phone now uh you know hey google hey siri what's three times four or whatever and it'll but, tell but me it it you know it, um if if i said that right if i said that right now and said alexa it would uh it would say it over here right but i'm not going to so um cool. My phone just did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's you're right. You're you're absolutely right. The the technology it keeps getting it keeps going and getting better and getting faster. And I remember doing long division, uh, you know, and you keep going down papers. I have to flip it over and everything, and you know, uh, writing really small to fit it in the little box. What? And and you know that. That whole thing uh, is, is, I mean, I listen, uh, I'm not a fan of math. Uh, anyone probably tell you, I'm not a fan of math, but I know I understand it, its usefulness and and everything like that. But I had a calculator uh, and um, <clears throat> and when they told me that I couldn't use the calculator, I was just like, I don't understand. There's tons of calculators out there. I, I, I'll, I'll just buy my own calculator and have it at the time, not knowing that a calculator would be readily accessible no matter where I was. But I guess, you know, if I'm trapped in, uh, Yellowstone and, uh, and there's no, uh, internet access, then maybe I would have to do, uh, you know, uh, um, long division to figure out when a geyser goes off. I don't know. Yeah. That could happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's amazing. That's amazing though. So I do love the fact that you have this continuous, um, certification. So one of them, the certifications was in project management, right? Yes. What was that one? Uh, it's the, uh, certified associate project management. It's called the cap M, uh, C A P M. And, uh, I actually got that as part of my master's degree in IT management. And we had to go through the project management, uh, book essentially for how to, uh, again, know how to manage a project, but it was more on, it was less on the, the methods, um, than it's like most tests, I guess <laughs> you, you need to, uh, know, know what they're thinking um and trying match the best answer with what they're trying to ask wow um, so let so let me ask you a question um pro what was the most beneficial piece of that project management course where you took the course and you said ah that that's gonna help <laughs> um a lot of it was actually being assertive and knowing how to have team players, um, who your stakeholders are, who your, your project leads are. Um, so that kind of thing, uh, defining each role, I guess, within project management help. And, and so I was like, that, that's the most beneficial because I, I can now identify and pick out who who my stakeholders are and who the the key uh people are um as well as a, a little bit of of the financial aspect of it and planning lead time lag times stuff like that and so those were really the two key points that i picked up from 
from that certification and think were the most beneficial for me. So I, one of the things, I, and those are all great. And the one that I'm, that uh, I want to pry more into is that assertive piece because I, I've had the pleasure of working with some fantastic project managers. Um, and I've also worked with some of project managers uh, that could have been better. I'll put it that way. All right. Um, and they all had their different styles when it came to communication. Right. Um, uh, uh, you know, um, one of the ones that I thought could have been better um, was was very he was very assertive um, to the point where, uh, you know, he was a little bit rude and um, and I'm being nice, <laughs> trying to be very, very nice. Yes. But but and, and the reason why I'm bringing bringing him up is assertive communication. Right. Um, it, it can be good uh, and it also yes. can be be detrimental. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a line. Right. And, you know, yes. if you're too assertive, then, you know, you actually start it actually starts being detrimental to getting projects completed. But if you're not assertive enough, then you are kind of like on the other side of where uh, uh and, and you're still uh, you know like a project manager that has a hard time because you can't get the things done so right how what do they teach you about communicate assertive communication to help toe that line uh because i think this is important for everybody out there because i'm sure everybody wants to be the uh, you know if they want to be a project manager they want to be a successful project manager that is also not referred to as someone that need needs some additional coaching, right? Yeah. So, so what would be, uh, what would be the, you know, how would you define it, and how would you learn it, or how you think it is uh, when you talk about assertive? How do you draw that line? Right. So, in my course of studies, uh, they didn't necessarily put a a line other than like we said not good enough, you'll fail. Too far, you'll fail. So you find that middle ground is basically where it got left off. And through through my my work and um, experiences and stuff, I, I've just found that remembering or treating your peers as customers in the sense of they may not understand what you're asking or, or wanting. So make sure you're, you're clear with that and, and communicating that, but don't push them away. Don't drive them away. Um, so again, know your stuff, be assertive, but be gentle with it. Be, be kind, uh, with your words, you know, just cause someone messes up, you don't need to, Say, oh, you're done. You're, you know, say, okay, well, thanks for your effort. Let's try and, and see how we can improve these things next time or, you know, whatever. But, but generally treat them as, as people. Um, I, I think uh, too many, uh, project managers, if you will, will put themselves up on a pedestal and, uh, and really tuck down and, um, demean people. And that to me is not necessarily being assertive. That is demanding and, and dictator, di being a dictator. <laughs> um, and that doesn't work, uh, when you're needing people to, to work with you. <laughs> you, you have to have some give and take, um, there. And assertiveness doesn't, necessarily mean that you're always right and so you're demanding so you do need to have the the idea of listening and then taking other people's ideas and and then applying it once you've done that and made that decision that's where the sort of piece comes in okay we've come to this conclusion this is the the stance we're taking and so this is the path we're going to go that is as far as you really need to be with assertiveness. I love that. that. Yeah, no, I, I love I love what you said there because it's hey, listen, let's decide on a path, and then that's the path we're going to go. And I think the next piece, right, is is 
uh, um, from a project management standpoint is making sure that people follow that path. Right. Right. But, but you don't need to, to be rude or, or coercive. Like, you know, you, you just make sure it gets done, but, but do it in a, a gentle way. Again, treat it as a, a fellow coworker. You're, you're all in this together. Um, without them, you're not going to succeed and they won't succeed without you. So remember that, that maybe some need more coaching to accomplish that task than you thought, but, but we're all in this together. And in order for it to succeed, we all have to work together. I, 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 I love those answers. I, and I think, I think that's, I think it's absolutely correct. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, holding people accountable for what they need to get done, right. Doesn't have to be done in a way uh, that makes, you know, that I think what you kind of explained it, it, it should be done in a way that, uh, um, you know, still values them as a human, you know, values yeah. them and, and, and includes them in as a team, like you mentioned, Hey, we're all in this together. Right. Um, I think one of the best project managers that I've ever had the pleasure of working with, um, she did something that was, I, I think, I, I, amazing. Uh, she could always ask the right questions to the person to understand, or at least make the person understand, uh, that they could have gotten it done or they can still get it done and, mm-hmm. and, and stay on top of it. Um, she was amazing at, at drawing out accountability without uh, making the person feel right. Like, like they were um, being interrogated or anything like that. Right. Yes. Uh, in fact, you know, just by asking the right questions, she was able to get the person to essentially go, ah, well, I should have done this. Uh, you know what? Actually, I can go back and I can do this. And, yeah. and it, I, you know, over and over again, the, you know, conflict didn't happen because the, the right questions were just a- asked. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think that, that really a, a good project manager is going to inspire you to want to do the job and do it well. Uh, if you aren't inspired by them, um, or, or can't find the inspiration yourself to do it, um, maybe it's something you should reevaluate. Um, because yeah, it, it truly, um, a good project manager is going to want to help you grow and improve your skills, your experience. Um, just in life in general, uh, I, I like the, the phrase of lifting someone up, um, rather than pulling them down. Uh, cause you'll, you'll definitely get a lot higher. Uh, you'll get a lot more work done. I guess it's the best way to put it when, when you are doing that because they feel they want to work with you. Uh, whereas if you, aren't that kind of an individual and you constantly put people down, don't lift them up. They're going to want to drag their feet at work because they don't want to work with you. They don't want to. And by the end of the the thing, you're going to be like, well, if you don't want to work, then don't come in to work. Um, but if you can help inspire them, then they'll want to come every day. They'll be on time. They'll do the best effort because they want to, they want to do it for you. So that's my take on that. I think, I think it's, that's an absolute correct take. Um, you know, we've arrived at uh, the IT crystal ball. Uh, this is a, uh, this is our segment where we kind of envision uh, five years into the future, what IT will be like. It's fun because it's the, uh, um, you know, you get to kind of predict uh, what's going on? You can measure yourself in five years and see if you were right. Um, the what I want to understand in this one uh, specifically, and, and if we could focus on this, because I, I think it's it's just an amazing concept. Yeah, you live in Montana, and there's lots of areas in Montana that are remote. Um, there's lots of areas that uh, you know don't have the technology 
uh, um, you know, there's lots of areas that do, but there's lots of areas you go that just don't have the technology that <laughs> the bigger cities will do, um, uh, you know. So, and this doesn't happen just in Montana. This is as everywhere. I mean, there's, you know, there's places all over the place where they, right. where they just don't have uh, uh, this. Um, so, my question to you, and uh, and you can feel free to expand on it however you want, right? Is is there anything coming in the future that is going to help and assist with these remote areas, or are we going to go? backwards and are they going to get even more remote and harder uh, uh or, or you know separated from the bigger cities and and such yeah i actually think that's a, a very good question because it's something i am seeing here uh a lot of it has to do with funding um for it needs and i am seeing the gap grow uh between those rural remote areas having a harder time getting technology they need because of uh all the bigger cities and and bigger areas able to purchase these uh technology items at a higher cost and so it's raising the cost and then it it's making it more difficult for the more rural areas who don't have those kind of funds for example the the schools um here it's a lot harder for them to purchase computers and uh, purchase ipads because they're ex because of the expense um from being able to be sold at a higher price elsewhere um and so yeah i i see that being a big challenge in the next five years and i i do worry <laughs> about that gap growing um and so I, I think that's why it's important to, to help educate people, um, on technology and not be afraid of it. Because if we can keep them, even though it's a little bit older, um, if we can keep it up, then I, I think it'll help narrow and keep that gap narrow. It, it, and so, um, that continued education, come back to continuing education always with that <laughs> um is is there any technical advances that uh um technological advances that will um help in that arena for that education yes yes like zoom like this for example <laughs> exactly um, became more widespread and and i think that was helpful um because people realized oh hey we're kind of leaving these other people out in the dust how are we supposed to communicate with them um when we're all stuck at home um and now they're rethinking things like oh wait we gotta actually see how we can help these people stay in communication um and talk to them and uh and so yeah i i think stuff like zoom and uh teleworking is a a big thing that will will help minimize that gap as well well that's great Nerds, I'm Michael Moore, uh, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I've been here with Josh Kitchen, owner of Mountain View IT. <laughs>